0: You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, guys! Welcome to episode 206, part B of Owen Craigie. Really hope. You are having a great start to the new year and enjoyed part A. As I did mention in part A, there is some adult themes in part B, so please do review before you let your kids listen. And if you're enjoying my new show, Talking League, please subscribe for free. It will run on this channel till mid-March, and then I'll I'll cut it off. But search Talking League on your relevant podcast app. All the links can be found at TalkingLeaguePod.com or in today's show notes. Be on the lookout now because it's open. NRL Fantasy League and tipping comps for talking with TK listeners. There's a $500 cash prize for the winner, and it's free to enter. So I'd love to for you to be part of the community. It makes watching footy all the more fun. Up. So either all the info will be – I'll put it on talkingwithtk.com, but for now, info to enter is in the episode notes, or hit me up on social media or email me at Tristan at talkingwithtk.com. Alright, guys, that's it for me. Let's get on to part B with Owen Craigie. Oh, a big part of your story, which we'll touch on later, is the start of it with the culture of the knights and the old boys. Yeah. So these group of men that helped save your life mm. this year, mm. this all started back when you were a kid. I was a kid, bro. So back in the day, <clears throat> back in the
1: day there's always talks about the Newcastle Knights footy club. And at the same standard mm. was the Newcastle Knights Old Boys Association. Yep. They were on par. Yep. So what you understand was that, yes, one thing to play for your community, mm. your supporters, and this amazing city and club. Yep. But you must play for the players that played before us because they started this pathway back in 88 no one wanted to watch them play. Yeah. No one wanted to sponsor them. No one would give them a fucking chance, you know? And um, so the old boys are the greatest association to be a part of, and we've got like 200, 240 members. Players, other clubs have got 20, 30 members. You might get 10, 15, 20 to show up. Yeah. Because when we have old boys do here,
0: we get 200 fucking players. You do. I saw Kurt's stuff, mate. Like, you yeah, know, it's amazing. And and. and He's the, he's the chairman too, isn't he? Yeah, Kurt's, Kurt's on there. Kurt's the chairman. Yeah, Kurt, he, he loves it. it. He's a good,
1: he's a good fellow. Kurt. He loves it. Him and Stephen Crow and Gerald O'Doherty. Yeah. Troy Fletcher, Tony Butterfield and all the, boys, they run it, you know? Yep. And they're passionate. You don't have to force them to do anything. They do it because they know the, the cause, you know? And, um, you know, we 200 deep, bro, every, every year, you know? And, um, players that are started back in 88, the players that are retired last year. They, they come into a culture and a system that's always been there waiting for them to come in, you know, and it's a special bond. And what they've done for me, uh, last year when I went through rock bottom with, uh, my mental health and my mm. cocaine use and my alcohol abuse, um, due to being in a toxic relationship, being due to, um, I've, my sister passed away, dropped out at 31, and some other family issues that were going on back home. Um, I just thought that cocaine and alcohol was a solution to my pain and agony, and my hurt, you know, and mm. um and then going through a bad separation and not seeing the children and then um, but I get to see my beautiful babies now. You know, I fought two and a half years to see them. You know, I've seen them fifteen times in two and a half years. But now I've seen them every weekend for the last couple of weeks. I saw you going so Christmas shopping,
0: beautiful man. I, I
1: I I went and done everything the right way, you know. And yeah. um, I caused some pain and heartache to, to people in my life due to my addiction and my behaviours. Um, I own mm. that. Mm. Um I accept that. I've forgiven myself and I've forgiven other people. You know. And but one thing I've learned is that I don't trust. A lot of people anymore. People that I used to hang with, you know, use me for my fame and mm. help me spend my fortune. Yep. And these are the same people that were contacting my wife while I was in rehab and, you know, all that sort of stuff, wow. bro. Like people that I used to bring in my house with their wives and girlfriends and eat at my table. That were, you know, still to this day, still find shit to go and talk to me about, you know, like, I'm still doing some things in the past. But I'm doing them the right way, you know what I mean? But I don't, you know, these people were never my friends. Mm. They weren't even my associates, then, when I look back. These people are the most untrustworthy people, you know, to go and tell my ex-wife, bullshit, Mm. bullshit, which then stops me from seeing my kids. Bullshit. You know what I mean? I've never hit a woman. I've never touched a woman. Mm. You know, I got charged with stalking and harassment because she blocked me on her phone and, and I couldn't see my kids. So I had to approach her. I'd got no family here. Mm. So my, my, my matter was always a family law matter. It was never a criminal matter. Yep. I breached my OVA 10 times. People breach OVA once, go to jail, but there's never any harm or intent or physical um, intention to hurt anybody. It was purely to see my see kids. kids. Yep. But I've now got a criminal record under the domestic violence banner for stalking and harassing to fight to see my kids. Mm. But what I've learned in this country mm. as a single parent, not a single father, but there's a lot of mothers that are going through what I'm going through, and a lot of men right now, is that you can't do things under the influence of drugs and alcohol and I, I, even though I thought, yeah, she was my wife and I've seen her give birth to two kids, I couldn't just rock up and knock on the door and say, listen, let me see the kids. Yep. Listen, unblock me. It doesn't work. When people hate you, they fucking hate you. Mm. And there's no in-between. It's either they love you or they hate you. And I realised I was on the end of the stick where it was pure hatred. Yeah. And I breached my AVR ten times to see my kids. Would I do it again? I wouldn't breach it like I did. Because I understand the governing law of this country now, which I respect so much. Yeah. You know, if there's people listening to this podcast now, go and get a lawyer that's going to take you straight to the family law courts of Australia, the federal courts. Mm. Go there. Mediation is bullshit. It's rubbish. No one wins. Yep. If you couldn't communicate together for 20 years living in the same bedroom, you've got mm. fucking no chance. Going to a third party in Austin, yeah. you got no chance. Yep. You haven't. And if there's one person that's won in mediation, fucking go and buy a fucking Powerball ticket. Go straight to the top because it's not about me or her. It's about the children. It's not my side of the story. It's not her side of the story. It's, it's about, about the children. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I've grown And I now help other people and, you know, at the end of the day, she's a great mother. My kids love her so much. Mm. She loves the kids and for whatever reasons why she hates me, she's probably got every reason to do that. Yep. I can accept that now, but one thing I can't sit with is being charged with an AVO, being with a criminal record because I've never done anything criminal ever towards her or the kids. Yeah. Just wanted to see them. Just wanted to see my babies, bro. You know, and, but there is some amazing women that have helped me mm. get to where I need to be today through the legal system. Yep. And understanding of it all. And women can see through other women. That's the funny thing. And the greatest gift God has given me out of, I've got three kids. My daughter, man, she's my fucking. <laughs> Your little baby. She, I'm telling you, bro. I love all my kids equally, but I scruffed the boys up. I scruff my boys.
0: Just something special between you and your daughter. I don't scruff her. I no. kiss her. <laughs> I smell her hair. I touch her skin. I tickle her.
1: Yeah. And then my son goes, Do it to me, Dad. So I do it to him too. But I like scruffing him up and tackling him yeah. and palm and pushing him. It's 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 you know, and, and the biggest influences in my world have been women. Yeah. My mum. How many sisters five, have you got? I got four sisters, four wow. brothers. Yeah. Like my mum raised seven kids. My grandmother raised fucking
0: twenty four kids. Have you got heaps of aunties as well? I got heaps of aunties. Yeah. Heaps
1: of women. You know, like I love women. I love women, bro. It without women in so this community, w- yeah. without women in this community, we are nothing. Beyond every good man is a great woman. Beyond every good community is a great woman. Beyond every great family, you know, the rock of this pillar of community it's life are women, bro. The woman, yeah. You know, I'm saying women that are heterosexual, bisexual, gay, whatever, women, we, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter, straight, yeah. It doesn't matter bro. yeah, I love women. So I, it doesn't sit right with me that I've got a criminal record against, against a woman. women, yeah. That so I haven't done anything criminally wrong. You know what I mean? 100%, mate,
0: 100%. But
1: the, the greatest message that I can preach today is if, if you really honestly you want to see your children, you have to get clean and sober, mm. just yeah. like I did. Yep. Yeah. And between rehab last year… I'm being honest, between rehab, I got out of rehab, I went to rehab on uh, July the f- 29th, 30th, or the 1st of August I was in rehab. Yep. I got out on the 29th of rehab. It was my ex-wife's birthday at the time. And at this stage I thought, fuck, I'm, I'm good, I'll clean myself up, I'm coming home. She told me, yep, we're going to work things out. Yep. Stop telling me. Had the kids. So between last year, 2019, 29th of July. So I come out of rehab July, August, September, October, November, December. So I was going on five and a half months clean and sober.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. And then I went to the Boxing Day races, got blind drunk. Yep. So between then and December, January, February, March, April, May, June, in seven months I relapsed 50 times. Wow. 50 times I relapsed. Yeah. You know?
0: And I relapsed. So you take a step forward and two steps back every time. Yeah.
1: And it was, every time I relapsed, it was like I wanted to do it, but I didn't want to do it. But I'd done it because I had so much pain and agony. And at this stage, if, if found, if I found out I was sending another girl. She kept me off from the kids. Found myself, and then said, and the girl I was seeing was like, fuck this, too me I'm going. Mm. Bang, bye, bang, bang. And then after a while, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to toss it and chuck it away for good, and that's what I've done. You know, that's what I've done, bro. You know, so I, I, I haven't touched the coke for seven months, and I've been off the alcohol since Boxing Day this year. Mm. On this, that's nearly twelve the, months. Yeah, yeah. Up you know, uh, so not Boxing Day, um, Melbourne Cup Day this year. Okay, off the alcohol.
0: Just you're, you're going to go. clean? I've, I've, I've clean. done drink alcohol yeah. now
1: or do cocaine. Yeah, we have to coke for months, but. but But what it is, is it's a final goodbye to a relationship that's been part of my life for so long, cuz it's not, it's not the, it's not the cocaine and the sensation or the alcohol and the partying. It's fucking being a part of my life. I had a better relationship with the coke and alcohol than I had with my wife.
0: Yeah. How old were you when you first touched it? You know, I was fucking
1: 18, 19, bro. Yeah. But it was just here and there. But the last couple of years when I've had all this, you know, my dad was mentally unwell. He worked with the coppers and he tried to take any life. My sister dropped dead at 31, breastfeeding a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. old oh, baby, i come home to my house, had a mattress on the floor with a note saying, well, at least I made your bed for you. I couldn't leave you. You know, no, the house is gone. The kids are gone. Yeah. Like, what the fuck's going on? It was just like, I just want to die. Death. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. I'm done. I can't keep doing this. But now when you learn to flip the switch and say goodbye to it, but. You know, what I've learned is that through my addiction and my relapses, so you realize, you know, in that space of time, 50 times I relapsed, bro. And I deliberately wanted to relapse, Mm. because I was in so much pain and agony. I'm not going to sit here and gloss it. It's on Craigie. It's real talk, real issues, real problems, and this, you know, but there's some real solutions to it. And my solution is chasing it.
0: now, like, what makes you stop? Is it the kids?
1: Yeah. So I used to get messages saying, "Oh, you can't even fucking do it for the kids. You're low life, this and that, and all this sort of shit," you know. And and then um, mum and dad come down a while back, you know, and they said, "Son, mum broke down crying. So, yeah, son, I'm seeing a psychologist. So's your sister." Because I used to say, "I'm, I'm going." Mm. You know, and if there's anyone listening to this podcast now, please, if you, if this, my conversation triggers anyone, please reach out to Lifeline Beyond Blue, the Black Dog Institution, or speak to your GP or your doctor, because, you know, these are real issues. And, you know, but my, my story, I hope that, you know, you probably resonate with me, but there's a solution to it. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather talk to you and activate your life than attend your funeral. You know what I mean? And that's mm. what Chase Energy is all about, about flipping the switch on your mind, you know? Yep. And I think what happened was, um, I Couldn't run any further. I couldn't run anymore. I couldn't run from my past. Mm. I couldn't tell no more lies. I Couldn't Manipulate the situation anymore. I couldn't talk shit anymore. I couldn't blame anyone anymore Yeah, they come a time in my life cuz when I was like that fuck you can't go any further You've told too many lies. you've done it And then um I suppose the, the last breach on my AVO when I went to see the kids and give some money, and uh, my daughter loves this nice meal, so I got them all packed for it, and I bumped into my ex-wife um, at the Osh Center, and the Osh rung the police, and then um, my wife gave me my daughter, and that night the police come and arrested me, and uh, I'll never forget my daughter's face. Of course. It's the most horrible thing I've ever seen in my life. mm
0: he's not, what like nine years old. Nine, bruh. Yeah.
1: And, um, and my son. We're all crying. Because I didn't want to go to jail, bruh. I'm old crazy, you know. I, I'm a good man. Mm. I do good things. And the perception that I've been portrayed in the Daily Telegraph and media has portrayed me to be a domestic violence monster. And if you know me, I'm totally the opposite. Of course. And what you believe... What you read, you shouldn't believe. And um, But I did breach my OVA ten times. Mm. I did fight mm-hmm. to see my kids. I didn't bash, hurt, tie up, run over, physically hurt anybody or any child or any woman. I, I was charged with harassing and stalking. So that harassment and stalking was purely to see the kids because I was blocked from messaging and calling and all that sort of stuff, you know, and... All I had was that time was my kids, yep. you know, because I was bankrupt, had no money, the car, the, tr- the trust fund money, everything I give, everything to her. So I don't understand I was coming home, hmm. but it was never meant to be. And then when you find that my old mates and associates are now contacting her and doing whatever, I'm like, it's hard to swallow. Absolutely, it's hard to swallow. But I was sitting in um, Belmont Police Station, and the copper beyond the desk like. Ah, out Do you The community loves you Yeah Just speak to your lawyer To see the kids And I said well I've got no money For a lawyer You know I thought that She would let me see the kids And all this sort of stuff And he goes Mate I can't give you bail This time mm. We're
0: going to hand you Over to Corrections
1: So I'm in Belmont Police Station wow, man. The meat truck Come you know, had a meat van Yeah I called it the meat van
0: So you had no idea This was even going to happen Did you No bro
1: so I'm locked up at Bowen Police Station. Yes. My mate's got a photo of me. I'll show you the photo. You know? Sorry. All good? Yeah, so I'm sitting in Bowen Police Station. I've got my head down like that, and I'm claustrophobic. Yeah. I said, mate, don't lock the door on me, please. I've never fucking been in jail, and I'm claustrophobic, which I am. Mm. And I'll tell you why I'm claustrophobic in a minute. <laughs> Because me, Danny, and Stephen Crow went to the nightclub and, and we got slapped on the Cowboys and we were stuck in this lift at the playpen. Penhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and it was down in 35 degree heat on a Saturday night trying to kick the roof out. The really? House. And I'm, I've got, cla- got claustrophobia. Oh, now, no. Panic attack. Mm-hmm. So I'm laying there and I'm crying. I'm in tears. I put the photo on my phone. My mate took a photo. Yeah. I don't know why he fucking took a photo, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> and he did this... Yeah. The chains on the fucking. Door comes up near the truck park. Nee, nee, bush. Yeah. They're coming to pick me up. Just get a little bit closer to that too. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming to pick me up. You know, they're coming to pick me up. i get up, handcuff me. Wow. I walk out. They lock me in the meat van. This is Look. in front of your kids. No, 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 no. This is back at the police station. Okay. I'm, I took the kids around to the kids' mother. Yep. And I'm crying, saying, fuck them. What the fuck's going on? Mm. Why don't you just let me see the kids? I don't want to go to jail. Fuck me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I locked, I'll get in the meat va- meat wagon. I'm in the front right, beyond the um, driver's seat. Cold air coming through, and a little box like that. Mm. But you can only see straight. Yep. With the air vent. Handcuffed. Cold. Metal on your wrists. I'm crying. Thinking, fuck me. I'll see this shit on the movies. I'll see this shit on Netflix yeah. and fucking Stan. Why am I going to look like going to jail because I want to see my children because that's all I've got. Why If you're not happy with me, then fucking you've left two years ago. Go. Why, you know what I mean, when you're blaming me for doing shit when you used to do the shit with me, but now you're still talking shit. I'm sitting there, I'm crying, I get out, lock me in your cell. I'm sitting in Newcastle. So I walk into into the station. Because the place give you the corrections. They said, what's your min number? So they I haven't got a min number. What? You're 42-year-old Aboriginal man without a min number? What's a min number?
0: It's a prison number. Oh. So they oh, so they're assuming just because you're Aboriginal. But they knew that. who I was.
1: Yeah. It's just, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm thinking, keep your mouth shut because it's all new territory to me. Mm. I'm sitting in this little cage thing like that, and they're talking, and they're, everyone's talking, and they're going for stuff. And, Were there other people in there with you? No, just me, just, by just, just all Correction officers. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Because it's different than police. Police take you to there. Yep. Then you go to corrections. Corrections is where you're gonna go to court and go to jail, mm. or you get out on bail. So they put me in this room, and there's a bloke laying in the jail cell with me, and he's laying there shaking. You know, there's blood on the bed net. Yeah. And they come through and they put your hand through the door, take the screws out, take the handcuffs off you. Yep. move away. I oh, you on a coffee, or a pie. I didn't drink, eat nothing. But it was fucking shit, horrible food, you know. Yep. I'm laying on the end of the bed, you know, and I saw cameras in the corner. And before you go in there, they take the string out of your hoodie and your pants. Well, just in case you harm yourself. Yeah, you, yeah. And I'm thinking, fuck, man, I'm bottom of the barrel, bankrupt, broke. I've been couch surfing. I've got no money. Mm. I've given everything to X car, everything, and because you know, I was understanding that one day I'd go home, but it wasn't the case, and then you hear f- stories in the community that I supposedly, that I've done, and this is one thing I love about the the law and the, and the governing law of this country, hmm. they need facts hmm. to go on facts. Yep. So when you go to the Federal Court of Australia, they go on facts. I get to see my kids now.
0: If I, ba- if I was, if it, I was yeah. a bad if
1: I was a bad man because mm, that would let you yeah I have my supervised visits the reports come back fantastic mm. you know, and they go on facts now you tell me any person that breaches AVO ten times that doesn't go to jail because on facts comes true yeah it's a family law matter yeah people breach AVO once and go to jail um but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's hard to swallow, but I've moved so far forward with my life mm. and with the children in my life that one day I want to see my kids walk down the aisle, bro. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, I've had a great life in footy and, and, and you know, and, and get back to the, the part and so they said, I said, I great, want up you get, put your hands through this square, handcuff you, then they open the door up and you get in this lift with screws behind you and security and you go up this lift because of COVID and... I said, sit down in this box. Hmm. I'm sitting here like this. Camera, zoom. Yep. The judge, Mr. Craigie, right blah blah blah. I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to jail.
0: Did they know you were a footy player? You reckon?
1: I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I think
0: it's. It doesn't matter. Hmm. It
1: doesn't matter what you are or what you do. Like there are people out there that are doctors, lawyers, pilots that commit crimes, and I would have thought they
0: might have come down on you harder because you were. Yeah. Well, I
1: said, mate. <clears throat> yeah. well... I was looking at probably five years on top, two years on the bottom. Yeah. And then he just said to me, Mr. Craigie, I lock up scumbags. You're a pillar of society. Yep. You inspire people, indigenous and non. Mm. Keep expiring, keep inspiring people. I'm letting you out today on bail. Yeah. On conditions. Then I got out of Newcastle jail and I ran from from Newcastle to Charlestown in my Haviana thongs. Then I ran barefoot, and that's where Chase Energy started. I went home, I slept, and I cried for two, three days with no food, and then three days later, I got a text message off a domestic violence phone saying, do you want the kids? Because they didn't find out I went to jail. Yeah. And I said, no. I'm not in no mind, body, or spirit you want to, get yourself to be around man. anyone. Yeah, I will let you know when I will see the kids. I don't want them to see me like this. Hmm. And at this time, I thought my ex-mother-in-law had this phone. Okay. But she didn't. Who was it? Who do you think? What, your ex? Yeah. And then um, then f- that night, the next morning, my phone was going ding, ding, ringing. Mate, you should see what your ex put on Facebook. The message I sent her. She put it up on her Facebook page. And I said, I don't follow her on social media. I blocked her. Yeah. You know, what sort of man goes around telling people that they don't want to see their kids and not their kids? No, 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 no. I fought for two years. I tried to take my own life twice. Mm. i wanted my babies more than anything in life. For sure. I almost went to fucking jail. I'm not breaching my OVO 11th time. And I'm certainly not responding to no more text messages or phone calls because it's breaching the fucking governing law of Australia. Mm. I didn't know this. And then I'm sitting in bed, and uh, a beautiful lady by the name of Tracy Henshaw, and if there's any man or woman that's out there, you can follow Tracy on um, Facebook. She's from Justice Aunties. She said, you don't know me. I've been reading everything that's happening. Please talk to me, bub.
0: So this was just a random, just out I'll, of the blue. I want to help you. Something's not right. Yeah. I said, you can't help me.
1: I've fought to see my kids. You cannot help me. You can't. We met two days later and I said, I don't trust anyone, but if you, if you want to, think you can help me see the kids. I'll give you a chance. She's now one of my best friends. Mm. She made contact with the kids mother and that. And a, and a maternal grandmother she come to every So we had supervised visits Without any supervised court orders So I can comply with my ex So I can see my kids That's what I've done Yeah That's what I've fucking done here You know what I mean I was willing to show up And just play with the kids In the driveway for two hours Yeah Under a mother's supervision So I can see my kids Absolutely Like an animal Not like, You know what I mean I was willing to go this extreme So if I'd done these criminal things Why the fuck would I show up I And mean, she was like Nah we're going to see them <laughs> And then now my life is so much better, bro it's, it's good I'm in a much better place And, you know, I just started running and training And um, so at the bottom of the barrel What I've learned is that If you hang around dogs, you get fleas mm. And this is the most important lesson I've fucking learnt my life, cuz. Yeah Show me your friends And I'll show you your future
0: What's that that thing about five most influential people. You hang around five coke addicts, you'll be the sixth. Yeah. You hang
1: around five single men, you're going to be the sixth. Yeah, yeah. You hang around five alcoholics, you're going to be the sixth. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Well, it's that world that you create for yourself, right?
1: It's the world you create for yourself. I don't hang around anyone I used to hang with. I blocked that many people. People still hate me. They're going to hate me even more because I know in 2021, baby, I'm coming. Mm. You know what I mean? And my kids, me and my family, I'm living my best life, cuz. And everything got to do with Chase Energy Bars for free. I'm about to feed the homeless. Love real estate. Just purchased a caravan for 15 grand to donate to my charity yeah. to feed the homeless two, three days a week. Fast fuel meals, you know. They've come in with Chase Energy meals. A dollar from every meal goes to my foundation. I've got bottles of water, you know, support mental health. Um, that I go to the foundation. I've got an energy drink that's non-caffeine, low in sugar, but yeah, I mean, it's called Taster Energy. Is it coming uh, out? Is it? Yeah, it's yet? coming out. It's coming out. But it's all coming out. You know, beautiful. I've got an app that's coming out to help people customize their own um, community supports, and needs of people of race, religion, sexuality, sexuality, loss, grief, death, mental health, suicide ideation. You can it's custom fit your own world through my app, bro. Yeah. You know, what I mean, everything that I've designed is based around my bipolar, my diabetes, and my mental health, and my addictions, my urges, and behaviours. Yeah. The greatest gift I can give to people is not that. The greatest gift I can give to people is a clean, sober me. The greatest project I work on is me. And my kids are blessed to have a good, clean, sober father. I'm fucking winning, baby. People say you got no That's money. That's baby. I don't need money. I'm rich. I'm rich here. Yeah, and here. And here, bro. You know? Absolutely. I had my kids yesterday for seven hours, and we're just going to grow and grow and grow. And you know what? My dad said to me when I was in the federal court for one day, he lent over and said, son. I'm so proud of you. He said, your kids expected you to fight for them, and you fought and you won. Don't worry about the 97 grand final. Mm. Don't worry about the three-year strange school boys. That's sports, mate. That's sports. That's I just spot, fought mate. for yeah. the most important people
0: in my life,
1: and I've done it, man. You know?
0: you come on the other side. I wanted to talk to you about, you yeah. know, on the drive here you showed me some special parts of what's happened to you over the last 12 months. Yeah. The big part is, you know, you talked about eliminating people and also keeping the people close to you, mm. as close as you. Maddie mm. Johns.
1: Yeah, Maddie you know, I, I speak to Matty around again and if I text or phone call, you know, or Matty will ring me out of the blue if that's new for me in a little while. Um, hmm. I see like Matty Gidley and, and Kirk Gidley, I see the boys here because Maddie Maddie Gidley owns McDonald's now and really? he comes back yeah, so Good, I, sometimes I used to train with the boys a fair bit but I do my own training now, so
0: Yeah. But tell talk to me the day Maddie saved your life, mate.
1: Yeah, it was it was weird, you know. I woke up and um I was driving uh, the little work car towards Dreslecki and um, I had a, it was all planned, ready to go. And so when I say it was planned, it was, I was going to stress leaky, I was jumping off backwards, if I landed on the rocks, though the whitewash, the water can wash me away anyway, so. Yeah, mate. Mm. So it would be like a, a clean death. Um, And my smell, my scent, my taste, my feel was, I was numb. And I said, This is it, I'm out. <clears throat> tapping out. I rang Matty Jones, I said, Matty, I'm, I'm tapping out, I can't do it no more. I can't I said, Do what? I said, Life. I haven't seen the kids, but I said, I'm i keep relapsing and I'm I can't do it, you know, like the people I loved the most in my life that I took bullets for and jumped in front of trained train for i portraying me to be a monster. And they weren't taking ownership of what they were really doing with me. Hmm. Or what they were doing away from me. They were still doing doing things. So I'm done. And um, I was just in tears. I was sobbing. And in my head, you know, and I rang my mum. Before Ring of Maddie, and I said, Mum, you're an amazing woman. You're a great Mum. You give me a life that I could only dream of. You raised me. What I'm about to do, I never feel like it's your fault. Then I rang my sister. This is all before Maddie. And when I rung them, I blocked them on social media, my phone, met my mum and sister. And um, they rang Maddie. Maddie said, Where are you? Just don't promise me. You just stay there, yeah, straight away. Kirk, he did, ringing me. He goes, mate, are you in a bad way? What's going on? I said, oh, I'm done. Don't move. I'll get you some help. So I rang Dr. Pete McGeek you know. So one of my mates picked me up, met that Dr. Pete McGeek I was in his office, just sobbing, crying. I didn't even, I can't remember what he said to me. I was just flat, bro. I was gone. And then, um, he said, oh, you need to go there and, you got some mental health Yeah, I'm fucked I got diagnosed with bipolar Which is drug-induced Bipolar I'll, I'll take lithium Morning, night now. With my lithium hmm. And then um, I went and saw Dr. Peckang Down at Chatham Road And Four days later Brahman rehab In Cullum Park Next to Lockhart Oval Foundation house You know And I went there last week I met with the CEO With my dad And I took my dad to the rehab I said, yeah, dad, I, I was in room four Yep yeah. took him in there I said, this is where I was writing notes every day in rehab, how to work on myself, how to get my wife and kids back, and Mm. how to clean my life up and do the right thing. You know, like a lot of people talk about rehab but never go. Yeah. A lot of people go to rehab and they quit. You know, a lot of people go to rehab and only a small amount of people finish rehab. Did you nearly quit in rehab? Yeah, three times in the first week. Yeah. And finishing rehab was what I learned about my mind, my body, and my spirit about the 12, 12-step 12 program. It's a, it's a spiritual recovery program. Mm. you got to have a spiritual awakening sometime in your life to ignite the flame and fire. You know, like when we go to a christening, there's candles. When we go to church, there's candles. When yeah. we go to a funeral, there's candles. That's the spirit. How do we light that spirit flame back up in home craggy? Yeah. That's what rehab's all about. It's about, you know, flipping the switch on your motherfucking self and taking the world on head first, bro. Absolutely. Right? And that's what I've done. You know, and I saw Joan, she's the CEO, of the, um, and i got a photo there, and I'm about to post in a couple of days, you know, and I took my, my dad in tears just going, oh, fuck, son. I said, Dad, you probably didn't think that your boy would ever make them mistakes And the life that I lived. And I said, but this is what I was living, Dad. I was hanging around scumbags doing yeah. cocaine. I was hanging around fucking dogs and getting fleas. Yeah. These people are not in my life anymore. These people are the ones that are still trying to... How grateful are you poke.
0: to have, like, guys like Maddie and Kurt and Matt? Great. Grateful. Yeah. Grateful. Yeah. Grateful, bro. You know, but there's
1: an important lesson to be learned on Craigie's life. A genuine mm-hmm. listener. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. I don't care if you ten $10 million or $10. Show me your friends and I'll fucking show you your future. You know what I mean? And um, the Knights, this city, bro, this city of Newcastle, without this city and the people that live in it, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. And with the Newcastle Knights and the Old Boys Foundation, I own my life, bruh. They paid my kids school fees when I was in rehab doing well. Mm. They paid for my specialist appointments and counselling and, and support, you yeah, know, man. And for that reason I choose to live this life and living the day so I can help the next Owen oh, Craig, a young boy or girl, black, white brindle, fat battling their sexuality, race, religion, addiction, behavior, suicide, ideation, whatever. You mm. know, and when I launched my app, bro, it's a game changer. It's gonna be free to download. Can't wait for it, mate. And it's called Real Talk. Mm. Real people, real you know, real issues, real solutions. Real talk. Customize your own world that fits you to help you do your own mental health stability. Because when people, sometime in your life, you're gonna get unwell, whether you like it or not. It might be from a death, a separation, a divorce, um, loss and grief, whatever. You're gonna be unwell. There's a lot
0: of adversity that people have to face. Mm. Man.
1: But what are do you doing? You're unwell. Mm. If you choose to do drugs and alcohol, it's game over or you can bounce back. But what I want to prove to people is that never judge a book by its cover. Mm. You know, people still judge me for the old me. And they've got every right to judge me for the old me. But I don't care what they say anymore because I, I care about what I think and feel. Because I want to see my kids walk down the aisle, bro. Absolutely. You know? And um the greatest gift I can give them is a clean and sober dad, you know? And that's it, man.
0: Mate, I got one more last just footy thing to ask, but before I say this, this has probably been the most emotion, emotional in a podcast—the ups and downs of listening to you speak and being so raw. So I do appreciate that before we move on, because yeah. I know how much it's going to help other people. Yeah, and it takes a real man to be able to stand up and yeah publicly and be able to talk yeah, about it. Mate. Yeah, so, and
1: and and I mm-hmm. thank you for getting me on your on your podcast, Bone. Of you know, I know my cousin and a few of the boys have been on yours mm-hmm. and um. I suppose, you know, and I'm very thankful for you to get me on here to tell my story, but I don't blame anyone for what's happened in my life but me. Mm. Um, I do not blame my ex-wife for the way she thinks and feels about me because she's probably going to be right to. But what I'm going to say to people is that I'm living proof that I'll never, ever be perfect. Mm. I've made mistakes, but all I'm doing is giving myself a chance to live my best life. Yep, That's it, and I'm proof, you know?
0: Absolutely. I applaud you for that, mate. All right. The last thing I want to talk to you about, because I've had heaps of the Knights boys on. Yeah. 97 grand final. Yeah. Still to this day is going to be, we're going to be talking about this in 30 years, mate. Yeah. But there was such a, between Chief, Butters, the older, the Mark Glanvilles, like that, they, they've all told me about this night before where we all came in and yeah, you were speaking. Yeah, yeah. But I want to know from because you were 19.
1: I was 19, I just well, turned 19, bro. So, nine months before this, I'll just finish year 12, you know what I mean? Or eight, yeah, about 10 months before this, I just finished SFX. Yeah. So I'm fresh out of high school, really. My first time in the real world outside of high school, you know? Yeah. And I'm rooming with Adam McDougall at the Holiday Inn at Coogee on the corner. Okay. And, um, our, our, um, room was facing the beach you know? and <laughs> that. And Princess Diana, the, it was her funeral, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah just yeah. then, yeah, 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 And I'm, I'm sitting on right in the bed, I'm gutted because my mum, all from my house, all I've seen just was, loved was the Princess Diana. Just, <laughs> so growing up, I just wanted a, a beautiful woman with blonde hair to look like Princess Di. Yeah, yeah. Mum loved her. Yeah. It was um, James Dean, Elvis Presley, or Princess Di. And you'll see the odd family photo on the wall.
0: <laughs> but all from the house was
1: Princess Di. Yeah. And she, it was her funeral. And we had to play the grand final the day after. Okay. Right, her funeral. I remember like yesterday. I'm sitting on the bed. And then I got up the phone. Mum, mum's in tears. Oh, can't talk. I'm watching. I said, all right, I'm going. You yeah, know what would I mean? What could I say to her? I've got to play footy the next day. Yeah. And Doug's is in the room. He puts a chair there and a table there and he goes, oh, McDougal, bigger, faster, stronger. And he's. Is he tumbling. doing the legs thing? Talk to me, talk to me. I, I invested 20 years in <laughs> But he done that in the power game. It was a major semi before the GF. That, yeah, we, went played, we were down 20 something nil at half time. Yeah. took to his legs. And that, that's a true story, too. <coughs> true story, Yeah. <you> know? <laughs> Come on, don't let me down. I've put so many years in it. Don't let me down. And Dugs was a beast. You know, Dugs was so professional before there was professionalism in the game. Mm. And um, and I was lucky to have him as a roomie, you know? Because I've learned so much of him the way you eat, the way you sleep. Protein, weights. Yep. All that. Just stuff. true professional. All true professional, yeah. bro. And, um, the phone rings. I'm laying in bed. I'm laying, I'm laying in bed, you know? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Chief. Uh, come down to the function room. You and Dugs. In half an hour or 20 minutes or something. And, um, just come down we're going to have a yarn. Yeah. Sweet. Dugs. Dugs got to go down in 20 minutes, half an hour. Well, what's going on? What are we going to in there for? What's that? Now we got a team meeting. Yes, yeah, sweet. We, we walk down. <laughs> yeah. Dead silent. bro. Dead silent. And I walk in the room, and I was like one of the last to walk in the room. But I always roll. I'm always just around the corner, or I'm coming. That was my old thing, you know. I wasn't in a rush for nothing, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we're
0: in the country, man. Yeah, I'm
1: a country boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we're sitting there, and we sat around the room. Malcolm comes in He goes Right guys He goes What we're going to do here tonight We're going to go around From one to right To the coaching staff And we're going to talk about What tomorrow means to you You know yeah. I know I've got a shit Pommy accent in. <laughs> 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 He goes "Okay, We go around And Robbie O goes Yeah I'm Robbie O And I grew up in Toowoomba And I've been down here And blah 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 And Played footy And all this sort of stuff Yep Darren Albert Oh I'm just Damn Darren Albert I'm from Scone And I'm I'm 19 and or yeah. 20, and I'm I'm just happy to be here. And, and it goes number three. Mark Hughes is number three. Yeah. Oh, I'm Mark Hughes! I'm a curry boy this time last year. I'm playing first grade in the local competition for curry. You know, I am on Craig, and the oldest of seven kids from Tinga. Tomorrow means the world to me because mm-hmm. all I'm picturing me now is now running over top of my brothers and sisters in the backyard and Tinga commentating Meninga, daily, <laughs> fitless going. You know, yeah, like, yeah. and I'm very. I, I'm just happy to be here. You know? Yeah. Number five, I'm Adam McDougall, blah, blah. Then it goes to Maddie Johns. Yeah. Silence. Tears. Emotions. His face and lips are shaking. He's emotional. We can't lose. BHP just lost 2,000 jobs this week. Mm. The city needs us. I'm from Cessnock, You know, Matt, Andrew, we wanna, I want to win the first premiership in the club's history. This is Andrew Johns. I want to be, you know, the ones holding that trophy. I want us. We deserve this. Yep. Number eight, Butterfield. A tough man from Western Sydney that if you go to war, He's your front. He's the man that's leading you to war. Yeah, in tears, in tears. Tough man, he's tough. In, man. Tears. in tears. Wow. Great father, great husband, great man. Yeah, tough. That tough. That training some days, I wouldn't even fucking say hello to Butsy because he's in the zone at training. Is yep. you don't give a fuck. It's they all in or all out. Are trying to draw blood from you. He'd hit you late. He didn't give a fuck at ball work if you missed the game because he cause some hurt to you, know, in tears. Then it comes to Billy Peden and Lee Jackson, because they were in the hookers. Then it comes to Chief, number 10. Mm. Chiefs cries, I'm looking around the room. Every man and the dog had tears coming down their face like it was a waterfall. Chiefs just gone. I played on the wing at Lakes United. I went to the night in 88, and no one gave us a chance. Mm. This club's 10 years old. I'm now a front rower. You know, we fought. We fought. There's one thing that's not going to happen tomorrow. We're not getting on that highway without the trophy. You fucking hear me? This ain't saying about the game. This is about the people that live in this city, the miners, the BHP steel workers, you know all the people that are fighting to survive every day in the Hunter region, all the people that pay every week with their last cent to watch us play footy in reserve grade, SG Ball, Haramats, Mm. and in the ARL. We are not going home without a trophy. We're not. I want you to think about sleep out it tonight. Visualise we're going home with the trophy. No excuses. Fuck. We're just
0: going, what the fuck?
1: I wasn't expecting this, meeting.
0: What did you feel like after him, man?
1: I felt like a motherfucking
0: god. Yeah. Just like floating.
1: I felt like a, I felt like one of them um, sandstone carvings in Greece.
0: Had you ever felt like that before again? Never. Ever again? Ever. Yeah.
1: Ever. Then we go all around the coaches, everyone. Then we formed a little circle. And everyone's, you can feel, because everyone's crying. Yeah. Sobbing. And the motion. But, yeah. It was like a scene out of Remember the Titans. Yeah, yeah. It was like a scene out of the last dance. Yep. It was like Kobe Bryant taking his last shot, Michael Jordan taking his last college shot. It was a moment in life that took your breath away. And from that moment, we're gonna win. And that's why we won. You know to say? you went to the Fat Lady Sings? Yeah. Well the Fat Lady sung. And we still won after that. Wow. We didn't stop. Did you sleep that night? No. I had adrenaline. I feel like punching the, I thought I could, I could fight Mike Tyson. <laughs> Even though Mike could knock me out, I would fight him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was, it was, the, it was amazing, bro. And, and, and you know, like I watch um, any given Sunday now. Yeah. And you know the speech.
0: By Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah.
1: Look, look at the man next to you. Yeah. Look him in the eyes. The inches. Are, are you going to fight that extra inch? Yeah, yeah. That minute, that second too. That's early, what you guys. Second too late. We're doing. I get tears watching that. Yep. I was thinking, Fuck! They copied us from the night before in the motel. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and and then we um the next that night, the morning of breakfast, no one was talking at breakfast. Look, yeah, how you going? Yeah, let's go, bro. Yeah, getting on the bus. Dead silent. Got off the bus. SFX you can smell the food, the fresh cut grass, the yeah. city, you, yep. can, you can smell, you know, and you can hear music and crowd roaring and SFX stadium, you know, the greatest stadium I've ever played at to, by the way, SFX, you know. Going to go into and this what Mao was good. This is what Mao was really good at. I walk in there, you've got your locker, mm. I see this yellow A4 paper, I look at it, sticky tape, it was a letter from my nan and pop. Nice. A mal-arranged.
0: Yeah.
1: Written by my pop. Wow. I'm in tears again. I said, this fucker Malcolm Riley's is my motherfucking genius. So you think you're going there? Yeah. He's contacted my grandparents, wrote me a letter to say how proud they are of me from yeah. Tinga, what it means to my culture, my people, my nana, my pop, and my family, and the people in my community. I went to there. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. That was Terry Hill's worst mistake that day playing on Craigie. I didn't score any tries, but by fucking gee, did I defend on him like no other senator? Yeah, absolutely. Did we. He did threw th- everything at you. He threw everything, bro. The best senator in the world. Mm. i fresh out of high school. And he's
0: big. He's big. He's tough. tough. He's tough. He's
1: verbal. He wants to fight. Yeah, he wants yep. to do it. Yeah. Me and become good mates. When I went to West Tigers, he didn't speak to me for six months. Really? Yeah, and he was at my wedding, test.
0: Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> of that rivalry, you know? Yeah. And, um, it was that feel. And then when we played, um, won the year before. Yeah. They come out, they'll favour No one gives us a chance.
0: Never. Nothing, mate. This,
1: this is why now, with my life now, we chase energy. I don't care what people think about me. I only care about what I think about me. Doesn't know what the odds that, are. That's, that's what it's Malcolm what, Riley and the, yeah. and the Knights, I mean, the comp. You know what I mean? It's a two-horse race, cousin, in the, in the yeah. Melbourne Cup. whoever you are, going to win. It's a two-horse race. If we do the right things and get ourselves, a, we're unstoppable.
0: And we won, bro. That moment when Albie scored... Mm. Do you still still walk around and sometimes get it, like, flash in your head? I do.
1: I said to my mate the other day, I said to him, let's have a barbecue at your house and let's watch the whole grand final. He goes, why? I said, because I've never watched it. You never? No. To this day? To this day. And I said, I want to watch it. He goes, what do you mean you haven't watched it? I said, I haven't watched it. He goes, why? I said, because I know the result. We won. But I haven't watched it. So did you watch it? I'm not yet, this, this, this week we're going to watch it, yeah. Okay. So when I barbecue and I watch it from start to finish, I want to relive, it's like a part of my journey through my whole recovery and life where I'm Absolutely, at now. mate. I, I want to watch it, bro, you know? Yeah. And he goes, right, done. So we're going to watch it this week, we're going to watch it from start to finish. How cool. And no doubt I'll, I'll you know, I'll be tearing up because it was an yeah. emotional thing, but um, it's it's just the moment in life, bro, that is just so fucking special, bro, mm. you know, and And now this whole Chase Energy thing, you know, and um, it's all about it's a mental health movement to help the next Owen Craigie, you know, and people can follow me on Instagram, OE Craigie or Facebook, Owen Craigie. You
0: have your website too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, website
1: there. com. Yep. And it's all happening, bro, you know, and um, my message is inspiring other people to live their best life against all odds. Mm. All odds, you know. And sometime in your life people will get unwell, but if you do, reach out to Lifeline, Black Dog Institution, Beyond Blue, your GP, your doctor, whatever it may be, or talk to someone. But mm-hmm. always remember phase one is that. Phase two is what? Activate your life. Taste the energy, baby. The big AC. Absolutely. Chase the energy. Well, That's I'm it, Craigie.
0: Bro. Loved you on the podcast, brother. And you're welcome anytime I'm in. Okay, Thanks,
1: Let's go, baby. Merry
0: Christmas, people. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year, son.
0: All right, boys and girls, that is it for episode 206 of Talking with TK. I'll be back with a new episode with Ian Roberts, episode 207 next week. So that's going to be split in two as well. because there's a nice little 90-minute one there as well. I hope you're enjoying being, me being back, and I'll be bringing you plenty of shows. But definitely get in touch with any guest request that you want for this year and just remember my new show, Talking League, talking about everything NRL, everything NRL fantasy. Check it out. It will change the way you watch footy. Trust me. And definitely join in our NRL fantasy league and tipping comps. $500 cash prize for each. Winner takes all. Free to enter. And all the info is in the episode notes or hit me up on socials or also my email, tristan at talkingwithtk.com. Always great to have your company. I'm Tristan Cannell, and this was Talking with TK.